Today in Canadian History for April 15th, I'm Mark Affeld. The Bergen-Belsen concentration camp located in northwestern Germany was liberated by British and Canadian troops on this day back in 1945. The concentration camp had been in existence since 1942. Anne Frank and her sister Margot were among the camp's approximately 50,000 prisoners to have died there. Now, the legacy of the Holocaust has left a significant mark on the face of Canada's history. In the years following the Second World War, Montreal became home to the world's third largest population of Holocaust survivors, third only to Israel and New York. For more information, I spoke with Sabrina Moisan, the Education Coordinator at the Montreal Holocaust Memorial Centre. Sabrina is also a historian. She obtained her PhD from the Université de Montreal. Sabrina, could you tell our listeners a little something about the Holocaust survivors who came to Montreal? Um, yeah, well, they arrived, most of them, uh, very, very few Jews arrived during the war, you know that. And uh, the doors of Canada were closed uh, to immigration in general, but specifically for Jews. So um, after that, after the war, the, the ca- Canada changed its um, immigration policy to uh, allow more uh, immigrants to come. Well, they created this new law about refugees. And so all the, the Jews who were in the displaced person camps, um, not all of them, of course, but they, they, some of them could ask to come to Canada, and it was much easier uh, at that time. But then they had nothing. They had no family, no money, and uh, someone had to take care of them here. And the Canadian Jewish Congress uh, engaged itself to um, to take care of these persons. So the community in Montreal was very much involved in offering like rooms, jobs, um, money f- to these persons. Um, that was the engagement. But of course, um, we hear that very often in the testimonies of the survivors that they don't feel like they were so well um, uh, welcomed because, uh, well, of course, it was hard and they were tensions, uh, it's new people coming, and uh, that's just normal human reaction. But uh, yeah, they uh, they arrived mainly so with their um, European background. They they came to Montreal mainly, but there uh, they were also going to Toronto. The Montreal Holocaust Memorial Centre has the important role of educating young Canadians about the atrocities of the Holocaust. Sabrina, I'm curious, what sort of methods do you use to teach young Canadians about something of such magnitude as the Holocaust? At the moment, uh, we are working on a tool which is talking, uh, which will present the Canadian intervention or non-intervention during the Holocaust. It's a tool we develop for older students of high school, for students like 17 years old. So they, uh, it's a reflection on the concept of intervention, and for that we uh, we will present two cases of genocide. So we will talk about the Holocaust. They will learn about the history, what uh, and how Canada and the Canadians. So not only the state, the government, but also citizens, organization, Canadian organizations. How did they react to to what was happening to the Jews in Europe, and why did Canada did nothing. And the the question is not to say, 
we are so bad, we have to feel guilty. The, the question is really to understand um, why wasn't there more done there? I think that's great because, especially in terms of, of young Canadians, I can imagine they're, they're distant, at least in terms of time, um, um, to the Holocaust. And, and it might be easy for them to, to assume it was sort of Britain, United States, Germany, and maybe Russia who, who, who had a stake in it. But, uh, but no, uh, Canada had a very significant stake in, in what was happening in Europe at the time. Exactly. And there were two very important conferences in, uh, in Canada where Churchill and Roosevelt and McKinsey King were, were, were in Quebec, two-time Quebec City, and where very important decisions were, were taken there. And so, of course, there, there's, uh, there's something to say. And we are using McKinsey King's diary, where he is discussing with himself about the topic, and that's quite interesting because we often present the, this uh, former prime minister as very anti-Semite, but the, his thinking is quite more complex than what we usually say. Today is a day full of Canadian history. On April 15, 1923, drivers in Nova Scotia switched from driving on the left-hand side of the road to driving on the right-hand side of the road. Canada and the United States signed the Great Lakes Water Quality Agreement on this day back in 1972. And as always, we aired this episode of Today in Canadian History. Today in Canadian History is produced by CGSW 90.9 FM. The executive producers are Joe Burma and Mark Affeld. Original music is produced by the Fisk, Fletcher and May Trio. Our series is not meant to be a definitive source on our past. Instead, we hope that it sparks a desire to learn more about our unique history. For more information on the series or to recommend an event or moment, check out our website at cgsw.com slash today in Canadian history. And now it's time for a random piece of Canadiana trivia. Now, are you curious as to how the Nova Scotians just switched from the left-hand side of the road to the right-hand side of the road overnight? Well, beyond newspaper and radio bulletins, it was up to the drivers themselves, obviously, to prevent the crashes. So, once the switch was made, large stickers were placed on the windshield of every vehicle in the province that read, Keep to the right. What a friendly reminder. <laughs>